0: to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I recently entered into a partnership with TheOverflow.com. It's a Christian music streaming service, and they have a staff that has a heartbeat just like my own. And whenever you sign up for their free trial for their service, then you will get a series of written devotions based on some of my more popular podcasts, I'm super excited to see where God's gonna take all of this. And I'm also super excited to partner with folks who, like me, love music but love God's word more. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that the only songs that are great are songs that quote scripture directly in their lyrics. However, I do believe that some of the most powerful songs do that. And that is why I chose Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, More Than Conquerors, to lead us to scripture this week. Now, once again, it's one of those songs that when you put it on repeat and pair it with an investment of time in Romans chapter eight, well... It's magnificently powerful. It's this kind of pairing that can truly begin to change the way you think because you're meditating on God's truth through the music. But if you're only going to do one and not the other, then I would want you to spend time in God's word. But then we have this abundance of wonderful Christian music to help us keep our minds focused on the Lord and His truth. So avail yourself of the tool of pairing great music with strong study. Now, I wish I could play the entire song on this podcast. It's that good. Uh, there's just so much in the song that points back to scripture. and But you can listen to the entire version of the song in my show notes. I link always link to either lyric videos or official music videos. This week's show notes is can be found at michellenizat.com forward slash 161, and you can watch the whole song there. Uh, and there's really no perfect place to start, so I'm just going to start at the beginning. Now there is no condemnation. Now there is no guilt or shame for those who have been covered by. The very first lyric of our song leads us directly to Romans chapter 8, where it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, we could just pick up Romans chapter 8 and stay in that. But I want you to develop habits that will enrich your study even further. I call these habits bites, Bible interaction tool exercises. And anytime you see the word therefore, I encourage you to figure out what it's there for. So, we already know that we need to read more of the context to grasp how we can come to this conclusion that there is no condemnation. So, to do that, I'm going to use my all time favorite bite of reading in context. Now, here's the thing about Romans it can be a pretty complex book. This is not a light read. It's rich and it's wonderful, but it can be pretty heady at times. And if if you just flip back to chapter seven to get the context, you begin to understand that it's almost like chapters one through seven lead up to the therefores found in chapter eight. So I went all the way back to chapter one. Now, the other bite that I used this week, it was to read out loud. This does a few things for me it slows me down and it also keeps me focused as i was seeking to comprehend some of the complex phrasing that can be found in scripture but specifically here in romans it's not that romans uses a ton of words i don't understand although there there are a few of those as well it's just revealing these concepts or principles or doctrines that are revealing the ways of God and if I read over it too fast, then I'm either going to get confused or I'm going to miss something. So when you sit down to do this yourself this week, you may find it frustrating. You may get lost in the arguments that Paul is making in his phrasing, but you must persevere. This word that God has given us, it's a gift and it is worthy of our investment. It's okay that it takes a little effort to to reap the reward of the study. So in chapters leading up to chapter 8, Paul discusses much about sin and the law, the effects of sin and how it comes about, and the purpose of the law, and it can get quite complicated. But in verse 1, again, it says, therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So this is again, I, can, I don't have time to go through one through seven with you. But when you do that, it will give you a perspective as you lead into this verse. Now, we should see this as a celebratory comment. It should encourage us. It should bring us comfort if we are in Christ Jesus. I love the line of thinking in Matthew Henry's commentary. He speaks of what this verse does not say. And I love doing that. It's very useful to do that. I often use that as a tool in my own study, just asking myself, okay, if I'm not really understanding what this means, what what is it not saying? And maybe that'll help me understand what it means. So what's the opposite of this? To help you understand what it is saying, it's useful to determine what it's not saying. So Matthew Henry says, That Jesus or Paul does not say there is no accusation against those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, because there is accusation, you know, but because of the work of Christ, the accusation is thrown out. The indictment is quashed. He does not say, Paul does not say there is nothing in them that deserves condemnation. You see, because there is. We own it. We mourn over it. And condemn ourselves for it, honestly, but it shall not be our ruin. It does not say there's no discipline or chastening for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because we know that our loving God uses that to transform us into the likeness of his son. We may be chastened, we may be disciplined, but we won't be condemned. But what affords us of this comfort of no condemnation, surely nothing that we've done, nothing that we've done has affords us of this comfort. It arises from our union with Christ. Through our faith in him, we are secure. Uh, It says in verse two, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free. From the law of sin and death. So, what do we do with that freedom? Well, when you read in context, you'll see Paul grappling with different sides of that question. Leading up to chapter eight, he's actually gone over a couple of different scenarios. But here in chapter eight, when you unravel it all, you see with our freedom from the law of sin and death, with our freedom from that, we willingly place our hand in the hand of the father to be led by him. Picture that. Picture your hand that you've got your father's hand reaching out. Um, my youngest daughter will still hold my hand. And I love that. It's not because, um, I mean, it used to be when she was little, it was for safety so that she wouldn't run off, but she's not running off now. She just places her hand in mine to go in the same direction. And she allows me to lead her in the same way. We are freed from the law of sin and death, and we willingly place our hand in the hand of our father. Now, I want you to picture someone who's not free. Um, Even go so far as to consider someone on death row, for example. What do you see? Well, you may see a jail cell. You may see someone who's trapped in bars, behind bars, maybe even chained, but definitely in bondage. And there's this death on the horizon. Now, if that person is pardoned, they are removed from that cell. They, the chains are removed and they are actually removed from imminent death. But then what do they do from there? The path they choose to walk from there will determine if they're choosing life or not. Their future choices could actually lead them directly back to death. So we've not been freed from the bondage of sin and death for the sake of being free. We've been freed for eternal life, and and that freedom was purchased at a price, and so we have an obligation. If you go further down in chapter 8, in verse 12, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh. To live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We're placing our hand in His and allowing Him to lead us into our next steps. How do we put to death the misdeeds of the body? By the Spirit. It's very clear. How will we know what path leads to life? By putting our hand in the hand of God and allowing him to lead us by the Spirit. He has not freed you to wander. He has freed you to be led by him because we are his children. If you go on in verse 15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That's a, it's a very familiar term like a daddy or a papa. The Spirit himself teaches or testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Once we were the slaves and prisoners. Now we're children of the King. saved by the blood of jesus yes we are favored sons and daughters children of the king but as co-heirs with christ we will share in his sufferings but don't you see his sufferings brought about eternal life and did not change his sonship likewise your sufferings do not reflect a removal of sonship from your life. In fact, Paul goes on to say, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And as we make our way through Romans 8, Paul comes to a beautiful crossroads where he wants us to come to some conclusions. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? I think of it in line with with my, so what's next question that I I ask on each episode. You see, because gaining a grasp of these deep truths should lead us to some powerful questions. Some powerful conclusions. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 31, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Is it God who justifies? Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So what are these powerful conclusions? God is for us. It doesn't matter who's against us. He didn't spare his son. He will graciously give us all things. Remember what we said about accusations? They can bring it, but it will be thrown out. The charge is dismissed. No one has the right to condemn. Christ is interceding for us with the Father, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. He goes into this list of things that seem like they should be able to separate us from Christ's love. They're hard things. He gives us a list. He gives us a list, I think, because it's quite possible that we may feel when we come up against these things, we'll feel like it can rip us from God's grasp, remove us from his love. When we come up against trouble, I either trouble we've caused ourselves, or just standing in the wake of the trouble someone else has caused, it will not separate us from the love of Christ. When we come up against hardship and and, and there will be hardship. Even the hardship cannot separate us from the love of Christ. When we come up against persecution, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, and it can't remove God's love from you. Most of it—most of us in the West have not had to endure famine, but even that cannot separate us and add that to add to that nakedness and danger and sword. But then that's not all. Don't stop there because not only will these things not be able to separate us from God's love, but they will not defeat us either. Why? Because no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I did a little research on that for episode four when I used the song Overcomers, and more than conquerors means over overcomers. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors over these things. We are over overcomers. Not only can they not separate us from God's love, but we will conquer. What's next? Well, read Romans chapter 8. Be sure to read it in context. Go back to chapter 1 and read all the way through chapter 8 if you can. Try reading it out loud to slow down and focus and increase your comprehension then pair your study this with this week's song and meditate on those truths that you've been studying. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at or Facebook, michelleekneezat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. This week, I've also had a couple of voicemails. I do have a send me a voicemail option on my website. And I love hearing your voice. You get to hear my voice, but when you send me a voice, I get to hear yours. And that is such a blessing. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I have a slew of people to shout out to. I can't wait. Get ready. Deep breath. Naomi from Maryland, Marie from Minnesota, Rebecca from Florida, Mike from Ohio, Christina from South Africa, Gina from California, Rebecca from Georgia, Tina from Texas, Rosetta from New Mexico, Joy from Louisiana, Michelle from Florida, Nick from New Hampshire, Virginia from New York, Mary from Illinois, Sherry from Nevada, Keith from the Philippines, Sarah from Florida, Richard from Pennsylvania, Pam from Michigan, David from California, Brian from Minnesota, Laura from Illinois, Matthew from California, Brenda from Newfoundland, Canada, Mary from Mississippi, Renee from Michigan, Quasi from somewhere in the U.S., Brandy from Alabama, Patrick from the U.S., Mary from North Carolina, Cheryl from Texas, Joan from Pennsylvania. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week, and in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you'll get instant access to any of the resources, the extra resources that I create from time to time for my episodes. And all of that is just my way to say thank you for listening. I wish I could sit over coffee and chat with you and hear your story and say thank you. But I, I do all of this just as, a, as just a small token to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you have an Android device. And while you're there, would you mind leaving me a written review and a star rating? It encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. That's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song In Jesus' Name by Darlene Check. This was a request by one of my listeners, Sarah. And But if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 161. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.